Welcome to the I Am The Code podcast. I'm your host, Mariam Jam. Thank you so much for being in this amazing journey with me. It means a lot. To uplift our spirit during this pandemic period, we will feature people that I call the resilient souls. In this episode, I will explore the powerful tool of resilience, well-being, and share resources to help you stay focused and resilient. I will interview some of the world's most resilient people I have ever met in recent times. They have got a repertoire of coping strategy and have faced adversity before. Do join me to hear my guest this week, Miwaza Jemima, one of the youngest creative directors from Japan. Japanese businesses are known worldwide for creating and developing new innovations and technologies. Miwaza is very special. She started her company when she was 13 years old. Never been to school. Through passion, resilience, and determination, she managed to create her own company. Now, working for the world's leading companies in the world. I got to travel with Miwaza to the Kakumo refugee camp in Kenya, home of over 190,000 refugees. What Miwaza did is to help me capture the story of the girls. With authenticity, empathy, compassion and kindness. Miwaza knew I was there to capture the dignity of the girls. That's why I want you to hear from Miwaza, hear her story. Enjoy the episode. See you on the other side. So Miwaza, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much to the first Resilient Soul Conversations. You are my first guest. <laughs> I'm, I'm honored to be the first guest on this show. Thank you very much, Mariam. So Miwaza, today we will be talking about resilience, uh, and I know you and I have been having this conversation for so long now. And then just for the for the, for our audience, uh, would you mind just sharing a little bit about your, uh, you know, what made you uh, who you are, and how did you manage to build your uh, resilience? Um, it's going to be a long story, so I'm going to try to keep it short. I was raised in a ultra conservative Christian family in Tokyo, Japan. Um, I'm the second born of the six kids. My life's been very interesting uh, in a lot of ways, growing up in a f- this family and also the community that I grew up in. Um, that really tested me. That made me grow a lot, um, but it came with a lot of pain. Um, and also in recent years, I've been struggling. I was struggling to come out to my parents as as a queer person and, you know, how do I do that in this Christian family setting and whatnot. Um, That was really tough. And alongside that, um, since I was 13, 14, I don't know the exact year, but I started my um, photography business right now it's it's more than photography but back then it was photography business so you've been an entrepreneur since you were 13 yes um wow. i've been an entrepreneur for a long long time i didn't go to school and i did i just didn't fit into the the normal idea of what people think of studying um i wasn't very good in school so I needed some ways to, you know, make money and make my own living. And so I started my own business when I was 13. It was a crazy idea, but um, it worked out in the end. But because I started it young, 
I had to fight for myself a lot, you know? When I go on set, I'm this youngest person on set all the time. People kind of, you know, look down on you just because you're young. They don't really look at your skills and decide, you know, if you're capable of this job or not. They just look at your age and they're like, oh, she's young, you know, let's pay her just a little bit of money and she will do the job kind of thing. So I really had to fight for myself and I'm very grateful for the experience um, that I had. So what were you doing at 13? You know, what was like the, the typical job you used to do when you were at 13? So when I first started, I started out as a photographer and a graphic designer. So I took pictures of families, um, family portraits and wedding photography and sometimes advertisement um, time to time. Um, but I did a lot of simple photography jobs back then. Yes. Wow, that's amazing. And I know that you have learned how to code as well. You had a domain name when many people didn't have that. Yeah, my, it was my uh, 11th birthday present for my father, Miwaza.com. He gave me a domain name. My father is actually a programmer. He's a professional coder. He's been doing it for a very long time. And growing up, since we were very little, uh, we were told that knowing how to code is going to help us in the future. Doesn't matter what kind of job we're gonna end up getting, but knowing how to code and just like building that type of brain. We always talk about computational thinking when we talk about coding. He wanted to teach us exactly that. So in between my photography business and I was 18, I think, I was struggling with my business. I couldn't make as much money as I wanted. I was looking at my friends that were making more money or you know and okay like I, I decided maybe it's time for me to give coding a shot so I actually became a programmer at one point and I was a coder for for a few years um, I used to do UI UX design front-end you know uh, programming stuff I believe you also went to uh, San Francisco when you were young I was 19. It was my first time in America. It was my first time traveling abroad. Um, I was sent to San Francisco to attend this uh, Google conference. It, it was called Google I.O. and where a bunch of developers from all over the world gets together. And I was there as this female, you know, developer, 19 years old, first time in America from Japan. It was very interesting. <laughs> But, you know, through that experience, too, I think I learned that, okay, like, I'm different. Um, how can I use that as a strength, not a weakness? Because I look different. I have different backgrounds, you know. Have you always been uh, someone who accepted her uniqueness? I don't think I knew that I was unique. I grew up thinking that I was not beautiful. I thought I was not smart enough or not Christian enough and not creative enough. All these Things that, you know, that all the lies that I told myself basically growing up because I didn't really have a role model, you know, who looks like me, who talks like me, who dressed like me, who's an entrepreneur, you know, who's queer, like all these things. I just didn't have a role model. So for the longest time, I was actually not aware of the strength I have as a unique person. 
Thank you so much, Miraza, for sharing that. You know, I have always been saying that part of resilience is living in, a, in an uncertain world. We are not sure what will happen. Uh, you know, we're not giving up, uh, you know, hoping up, we're hoping for the best. Mm -hmm. uh, but our station in life must not, must not define us. Um, if you look at the refugees and vulnerable population, uh, marginalized communities, they have dreams. Mm -hmm. you know, they want to have a future uh, like all of us. They want to get jobs, and, but they've been stuck uh, you know, in this situation for decades, wanting, uh, waiting for something to happen. Mm -hmm. um, so the, I, think, I think that's the, the problem we have. And, but, but anyway, we, we must uh, develop um, you know, a greater resilience, in my opinion. I agree. I think one of the ways I was able to build resilience uh, through my life was through building my career. For me, that was like a safe space growing up. Um, doesn't matter what's going on in my life. I always had something to focus on, which was my career. But even through my career, being a woman, being young, um, doing something that no one's ever done before. This was way before freelance videography was a thing. So I was the only one doing it. So forging my own path, figuring stuff out, like every single thing I do, I had to figure it out. And I had to fight for myself and I had to fight for my position. I'm always trying to solve problems so I could survive and follow my vision. What does resilience uh, mean to you? Resilience for me means being able to have a stability, a strong core within ourselves so that we could withstand the storm. Life gets hard and you get affected by it physically, sometimes mentally, sometimes spiritually, or all of it at the same time. But having that center in ourselves will help us come back to the truth that we are in fact strong enough to come out on the other side of this dark tunnel. This helps us see and believe the big picture that there is the other side of this dark times. Having this strong core will help us see the light at the end of the tunnel, no matter how small it looks at the time. We recognize it and we go forward one day at a time. And that was very good though, what you said. Thank you. It was really powerful. I learned from you. <laughs> I, you know, because I think I knew about resilience before, but yeah. I didn't have any words for it. But like yeah. through talking to you, I was like, okay, yeah, like this is what I'm feeling. So, what about you, Mariam? What does resilience means to you? I think it means that uh, I'm in control uh, of my life, um, and I think I had this since I was young, um, where I realized that. I am responsible for my life and I need to be strong in this world where you can be fragile at any time because of everything that is happening. So resilient for me is tenacity, is being able to just keep going, waking up every single day and you don't stop and, and you are in control of your mind, of your body, of your spirit uh, and of your soul. For me, that's what resilience uh, means to me all of, all of these years. That's beautiful. On the internet, I read uh, one of your stories, uh, an article about you, and you mentioned that, you know, growing up um, in a hard situations, there's one thing that stuck with you, and that was that tomorrow will be better. Um, would you mind sharing a little bit about that with us? Absolutely. I mean, <clears throat> I think that's what I liked about our, our trip in Kenya, um, because every single day when you were coming into, into my room to get me started for the day, you, you had like this light in your eyes and this energy 
you know, you forgot what happened the day before when we were like so busy <laughs> with the girls. <laughs> and so for me, it's like, I think it's every day will be better because every day is a different day. Every single day you wake up, you have an opportunity to change your life. You have an opportunity to reinvent yourself. You have an opportunity to uh, to make a difference. Sometimes it's hard to move on from trauma, and, and but, I, but I see trauma as a life experience. So, um, yeah, I think for me, that's that's what I really liked about working with you and, and making sure uh, because you, you knew, I knew that you understand that every single day matters. You are one of a kind in Japan <laughs> because the Japanese people I know are very, very kind of like close in the very society. It's a very kind of like, you know, calm and quiet people. It's, it's, so have you grown up, uh, you grown up in Japan all the time? Is the way you lived all your life? Yes, I grew up in Japan for 30 years. Uh, oh. I was born and raised in this little town called Mitaka in Tokyo. Mm -hmm. I grew up in the city. I think it's great that you brought up the cultural difference. And you're right. Japan is a very interesting country in a way that we're taught not to stand out. We're taught to fit in the norm, fit in the society, ride on the rail that the society has to set for you or your parents has to set for you. And if you go off it, or even if you're like a little different from what they expected, we face with a lot of oppositions. Mm. And me being queer and being a female entrepreneur, independent woman, and, you know, for those that knows me, I dress certain way. I look different. I, talk I love your t-shirt, by the way. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. So these are all the things that are so different from other people. You're right. Japan is not the best place when it comes to speaking up. I'm from Africa, Senegal, and as you know, that we also have some uh, some boundaries and some societal issues we have in in for girls and for women and girls. And I think what what really amazed me is uh, how did you came out as a as a queer, as an entrepreneur, as a strong woman, but also as a beautiful person, a resilient soul, Thank really. You. I would say. Thank you so much. And, uh, I've been thinking about this quite a, quite a while now, especially with. Uh, the uh, lockdown and the social distancing uh, and the coronavirus uh, situation we have right now. Um, I've been really thinking about young women and girls, mm -hmm. and I've been thinking about uh, you know young girls living in different societies, for example, in mm -hmm. slums, in favelas, or in closed communities. You know, um, you know, all of that have been really giving me uh, you know a bit of uh, a bit of thinking. I agree. That's such a great topic. You were saying that. You know, for you, Mariam, lockdown and this whole situation is actually very familiar. And because you grew up experiencing isolation, loneliness, exactly. rejection, exactly. these are mm -hmm. all familiar feelings and experiences. You were saying that this is a great opportunity for a lot of people to actually face all these issues and build resilience. Absolutely. I, I do totally agree. And I think that uh, people like us, and when I say people like us, is that when you've been through difficulty and, 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 and really terrible life experiences um, or challenging life experiences where uh, you know, you've been isolated. Um, so this lockdown, and I always say people should take it as a, 
as a you know as a way of reflection, as a you know really sit down and reflect and and connect again and pause, um, you know about their lives and reconnect with their own souls. Uh, and think about what they want to do. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't see this as a punishment. I see it as a. You know. I. I know it's inconvenient for mm-hmm. for for some of, for some of us. But I think this is the this is the time for us to, for example, have podcasts like this where you and I, different culture, different backgrounds, we are sharing. Uh, how do we make sure our souls? Because at the end, Miwaza, mm-hmm. how strong is your soul? That's what will define who you are. Mm-hmm. Because you know, when your soul is fragile and uh, you know you get everything in, uh, it's difficult to resist. It's difficult to move on. Mm-hmm. It's, it's difficult to carry on your legacy or your life. So um, you know, I know you had hard times in your in your life as well mm-hmm. would you mind just sharing with us you know if you want to if, if there are things moving forward you would like to advise to young girls and and people who are suffering right now to, during this coronavirus what is the one thing for example you could um, you could share with them what is the message do you have for uh, for for the world i would say I think you actually answered that question already um, in some ways. Um, You were just talking about, okay, how you see this coronavirus situation. You don't see it as a punishment. You see it as an opportunity. For me, that's exactly how I made it through. Um, Every time something happens um, growing up, I always saw an opportunity to advance and to grow and to learn so that, you know, even tomorrow, if I look back at what happened today, I can say, hey, because of what happened yesterday, I'm a better human being. I'm more loving. I'm more kind. I'm more compassionate. This is something that's built up. So for me to be able to see the opportunity, even in the darkest moment, um, that's what helped me. And I think that's what's going to help us um, during this hard time. And I think I also have to mention that these limitations that we have right now with lockdown and COVID-19 is a great opportunity for all of us to exercise creativity. When there is a box, is an opportunity for us to think outside that box. I believe that limitations with creativity, we can turn it into an opportunity for innovation. Thank you so much, Miwaza, for sharing. We will be back shortly. Welcome back. So Miwaza, in our conversations, we often talk about visibility, credibility, profitability, especially during this COVID-19. Through your struggles and your challenges and, and everything you go, you've been through, how do you manage to keep going? How did visibility play a role in your journey as a woman? I actually think that visibility is a very important component in building resilience. Being seen and being heard is crucial for anyone in business and life and anything. You don't have to have the whole world looking at you to make it through, but you just need a few people in your life that loves you, trusts you, and believes in you. People that will walk with you no matter what the circumstance is. And I'm very grateful for the people in my life that reminded me or showed me through their actions that my story matters and that my existence matters. I see you. I hear you. I love you. This attitude towards other human beings will definitely change lives. 
and your life too. You know, Biwaza, one of the things I believe in my life is that visibility can really change people's mm -hmm. lives. What do you think about that? I think that visibility gives us opportunities and platform to change our lives, being given a chance to shine, saves lives. You know, for example, me being on this, this podcast with you, I've never had an opportunity to speak about my journey before like this. And I believe that it's absolutely necessary for us to have a conversation like this online. Us having a visibility this way, you being an African woman, me being an Asian, sharing our stories and journeys. I hope that this conversation encourages other young people. I want you to be Sydney Waza because I believe you are amazing and everyone should see and hear you. I just have one more question for you. Despite everything that happened to you, can you just uh, share with us why do you think you are resilient? Um, and, and can you just sum up to us your journey really um, with, with, the, with the, the, the listeners? So despite everything I went through and what I'm going through right now, I'm here and I'm alive and I'm very grateful for that. The fact that I have a chance to make today better than yesterday in every area of my life. That could be family, that could be friendship, that could be love, that could be work, um, anything. And I have this opportunity. And through this journey, I think I learned to turn pain into strength and confidence. And I know that I am the way I am today because of what I went through. I'm more compassionate, I'm more kind, I'm more loving because of these things. And I realized that it's my calling to speak up and share my stories now. And if you're young and struggling right now, this is not going to last forever. I made it through, you can make it through too. And I got to say, I also didn't do it by myself. Um, I always had people around me, not a lot but people that believed in me and saw me, like you, Mariam. My client that gave me an opportunity, my friends that always supported me. I'm very grateful for the journey that I have, and this is why I am resilient. Well, Miwaza, I am so happy that you have been my first ever guest. Thank you on so much. <laughs> on Resilient Souls Conversations. We're going to have many, many of these conversations. I want to thank you so much for being who you are, for being amazing, for being resilient and strong and powerful and culturally uh, really present. I think you are absolutely present um, and I hope that this podcast will inspire so many young women and girls across the world so thank you so much Miwaza my first ever guest thank, thank you, you so much for um, being an inspiration of resilience to me 24-7 Mariam thank you thank you Miwaza bye-bye thank you right. wow what a powerful story I hope you enjoyed what you just heard like I did she really worked hard to be where she is today despite all the odds. She's truly a resilient soul. I know we all feel lonely at present and we all go into difficulties. But remember, you are stronger and resilient than you are giving yourself credit for. Things will get better. Join me next week for another episode of I Am The Code podcast. I'm your host, Mahayam Jam. Stay resilient. To find out more about I Am The Code, check iamdecode.org or follow us on social media. Thank you.